Jehovah Maka. This is the Lord who smites. The Lord who smites. Now, there are a lot of people that don't even want to hear this name because it's misunderstood. Um, they don't want to hear Jehovah Jehovah Maka, the Lord, our smiter. But the smiting of the Lord is the molding of the Lord. The smiting of the Lord is, is the Lord shaping you and perfecting you into all that you are called to be. You see, it is the devil that crushes you, but it is the Lord that molds you. So we're going to look at the name today. Jehovah Maka, the Lord who smites you. Okay. Psalm 51. Let's let's look at the first scripture. Psalm 51, 17. It says, A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. He does not despise a broken and contrite heart. See, if we are unwilling to surrender our wills, then the crushing begins by the devil. The crushing begins by our own choices. God does not send you sickness, uh, poverty, um, you know, pain. He doesn't, he doesn't send these things in order for you to te be taught a lesson, to learn something, right? But in our willful disobedience, consequences arise, right? So the devil wants to crush you, but God wants to mold you. Do you know how important it is for you to get this truth in your spirit, man? He wants to mold you. Now, God will discipline those that he loves. He will discipline those that he loves. He uses his word to do so. Okay? Um, when we disobey, when we choose disobedience over obedience, we are essentially choosing death over life and bringing a curse on our own heads. Okay? Paul, I'm going to, let's turn to Acts 9 because this is a, Great example here. Paul was was uh, smitten by God because it was the only way that God could get his attention. But again, it was to mold him into becoming what he was called to become. Acts 9. Let's look at Acts 9. Um, and in verse 3, we're going to start in verse 3. Oh, something the wrong. Let me go to Acts. There we go. Thank you, Lord. So here, it says here that as he journeyed, he came to he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shines all around from heaven, and he falls to the ground, and he, heard, he hears a voice saying, "Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me?" And he says, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats, okay? Uh, so he starts to tremble, and, and he says, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he says, arise, go to the city. It must be told what you will do. And Saul gets up from the ground, and his eyes were open, and he saw no one. And he led him by the hand, and he brought him into Damascus. And he was there for three days without sight. He neither, he neither ate nor he drank, right? And so we know that... Paul, Saul, was kicking against the goads, right? And so the Lord had to smite him, right? But it was his willful disobedience that brought this upon because it is always the will of God to bring you into 
the fullness of what he's created you to walk in, right? God does not punish you. He doesn't give you sicknesses. He doesn't give you diseases, you know, but we in our willful disobedience certainly can bring it upon ourselves just as there is death and, and life in the power of the tongue, right? In the things that we, if we speak and we say, there's also death and life in the, in the, in our actions, right? In our actions. So we have to understand the heart of God because what the devil wants to tell you is see how see how mean, see how wicked, see how cruel God is. He's, he's a cruel taskmaster and he wants to just slay his people. No, actually he doesn't. Actually, he really does not. Um, we have, the, the devil wants to break you. The devil wants to break your heart. But Jesus, even in his word, says that he came to heal the brokenhearted, right? That's in, in Luke, Luke 4, 18. He came to heal the brokenhearted. So it is always the will of God to bring you into the fullness, to heal you. It is always the will of God to bring you into wholeness. But it is our decisions that bring upon the strong chastening, that bring upon the will of the enemy, that bring upon your own willful disobedience and the consequences that follow. Okay. So Jesus didn't, he didn't come to crush you. Jesus came to heal the broken hearted. Luke 4, 18. I'm going to say it again. Jesus did not come to crush you. It was not his role, his job to, it wasn't his heart to destroy you. That's not what he does. The devil is the destroyer. The devil is the one that kills still and destroys, right? He, Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Amen. But our own willful decisions can literally bring upon the consequences that bring destruction and the devil's happy the whole time. He's glad. He's so glad that, that, that you, you know, that you don't understand the heart of God and that you keep falling for the, the wrong motive. Remember, Jehovah Maka, the Lord our smiter, he molds, he molds, he shapes, he perfects, right? This is what he does. He molds, he shapes, he, he does discipline. He disciplines those he loves. He just doesn't punish. And there is a difference. A, when someone is punishing, there is, a, there is a motive of, I want you to have and to experience pain for what you did. There is a punishment. But there is what God is a discipline. He will discipline, chasten those that he loves to bring you up higher into all that God has called you to do. So Jehovah, Maka, the Lord, our smiter, he took our correction on the cross. So listen to this in Isaiah 53. In Isaiah 53, starting in verse 4, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and he carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. So here we see that Jehovah Maka is the Lord, our smiter, but we see that Jesus took that upon himself. Listen, verse four, he was J Jesus smitten by God and afflicted. He was smitten by God. Jesus was smitten by God and afflicted. Jesus took this upon his body. He was wounded for our transgressions. Verse five. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was chast the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And it says, and by his stripes, we are healed. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes, we are healed. So 
Jesus was smitten by God. He took that correction on the cross. Now he is saying, the Lord is saying, listen, I am amongst you and I am watching over the affairs of my people because I want to mold them into righteous living. So my correction shouldn't be misunderstood as as a crushing because I don't come to crush. I come to correct. I come to mold. I come to shape. I come to perfect, but I don't come to crush. The one that crushes is Satan himself. The one that brings crushing is the devil and our own wrong actions. So we shouldn't be afraid or stay far away from or never want to hear a message of Jehovah Maka, the Lord, our smiter, because he doesn't smite to destroy. He will mold to raise up. He will shape to bring you into the fullness because he does discipline those that he loves. Amen. Powerful. Something that we need to get in our spirit and understand fully. To have the awe and the respect and the honor of our Lord. Because he, because he's good. Because he wants the best for his children. He wants the best for his children. He wants to bring you into the fullness. He doesn't, he doesn't say, I, I'm going to leave you where you are. I'm going to leave you right where you are. I'm going to, no. He says, I'm going to mold you. I'm going to shape you. I'm going to bring. If we willingly go, the molding and the shaping is not difficult. It's to the resistant one that it is difficult. He molds you and he shapes you so that you become all that he's called you to do and to be. When you know your father loves you, you do not fear you don't fear what he might do to you. When you know your father loves you, you don't fear that he that he's going to be cruel to you. Right? Do you know that the father loves you? But when you know your father loves you, you know that he's going to be watching out for you. He's watching over you. And he sees what's up ahead. And he will change the scenario, turn things around, stop you and you may misunderstand the stopping of the Lord you may misunderstand and say well why is the Lord punishing me why is the Lord letting this happen why is the Lord why is the Lord why is the Lord but what about what if God in his in his infinite mind you know what if God that knows the end from the beginning sees what is up ahead and says uh oh that's that's a, that's a trap of the devil that that's a trap or maybe it's a it maybe it's a trap of your own choices that's about ready to happen and God knows that they're going to change your heart in one moment. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to divert this situation. And you thought, why is God allowing this to happen? Why is this happening to me? Why is God letting this happen to me? Why I was so close to reaching that, that outcome. And why is it that it stopped? Well, what if God was actually redirecting your steps? Because it is the kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance. The power of God's love. Amen. The power of God's love is so great that he will redirect 
you may misunderstand the redirecting of the Lord, but he will redirect because it is always his heart. It is always his heart to bring healing to the brokenhearted. It is always Luke 4, 18. It is always his heart to, to restore, to shape, to mold, to perfect you into what he's called you to be. Hallelujah. The love of God for you. Incredible. Incredible. Praise the Lord. Powerful teaching. Powerful teaching that we need to get ingrained, ingrained in our spirit, man, that my God is so, so for me, not against me. My job is, sur is to surrender my will fully to him and to literally be a laid down lover of the king. And as, I'm a, as I am a laid-down lover of the king, I'm not going to resist his will. When I don't resist God's will, then the things that come about in life, I know. I know God gives me good and perfect gifts. I know the, the goodness of God flows down. And I know when something bad is happening, it's coming from the enemy or maybe a wrong choice of mine from the past. But when we surrender, just surrender. That's why surrender is one of the sweetest, most powerful words. When you truly surrender your heart, your will fully to the Lord, your God, you know, you don't, there's no misunderstanding who's doing what. Does God discipline? Yes, he does. He disciplines those he loves. Does God crush and bring destruction to you? Does he bring sickness and pain and disease and poverty? No, he does not. Those are consequences of our own actions, or they're also the working of the devil. But yes, God does discipline. He uses his word to mold us. He uses his word to, to discipline, to chastise. The smiting of the Lord is to perfect us into his divine calling but not to crush, not to destroy. He does not destroy. He does not crush. He, he's not a cruel taskmaster, but the devil is. Hallelujah. Powerful. It powerful. We live, live by this, live by this, like learn to live by this. You know, so many people like to hear, you know, I have a word. You're all going to prosper. You're all going to prosper. I, you know, I, I get, I get people that, or I mean, I see people, you know, online, you know, God spoke to me and in the month of February, you know, you know, your breakthrough is now you're, you're all prospering in the month of February. This is the kind of shallow, immature leadership that many Christians want to follow. Hmm. But it also shows and proves your walk is pretty shallow and immature too. Because if you're going to listen to that and go, oh, see, God said we're all going to, no, no, no. How about God is looking at your situation in and of itself and saying, listen, I want you to surrender your will to mine. I want you to surrender. I want you to surrender your will. I am the Lord, Jehovah, Maka. Right? The Lord who smites. But I don't smite to destroy you. It's not my heart to do that. I discipline. But my my heart, God speaking, is to build you up. Not puff you up. Build you up to become all that I already put in you. 
I want you to give me glory. I want you to honor me. I want you to do these things because in, in turn, you will find your fulfillment in Christ alone, the hope of glory. You will find everything that you were called to do, including having that happiness, that joy, that purpose, when you do it my way. Saul was trying to go his own way. God had a call on his life. And he said, why are you kicking against the goats? Why are you doing what you think is right? Do you not see the resistance? Do you not see that there is, a, there is an unseen hand that's pressing against everything you're doing? Have you ever stopped to maybe inquire of the Lord? And have you ever stopped and said, Lord, is, am I blocking the blessing? Is all of this opposition because I'm kicking against the goats? Because I am forcing a situation. Is all of this happening? Am I in sin? Lord, is it my fault? Like, am I in error? Am I, am I reaping upon myself consequences for my own actions? Have you ever... I mean, this is something that as godly Christians, mature Christians, we need to be asking the Lord in prayer. Not, oh, well, somebody gave a prophecy that we're all going to, you know, we're all prospering in the month of February. So I'm waiting for my, pro I'm waiting for prosperity. But you're living like the world. You're living compromise. You don't have a backbone. You stand on whatever happens that moment and you're just go flopping everywhere. That's not the life of a Christian. That is not the life of one who is a Christ follower. One that is a learner of Christ and one that is living their life as a disciple of Christ. But if those kinds of prophecies tickle your ears, then it shows the shallow walk that you, you're in. You don't want that. You want the truth. You want the truth. Sometimes, many times, the truth hurts. But the truth brings life. Right? It brings life when we are shaped by it. When we are molded by it. What is Jehovah Maka? The Lord, our, smi our smiter, the one who shapes us, the one who molds us, the one who protects us. Not the one that crushes us, that's the devil. He is the one that heals the brokenhearted. He heals the brokenhearted in Luke 4.18. Why were they brokenhearted in the first place? Their own consequences, their own choices led them to these consequences. And the devil was more than happy to oblige. Amen? Amen. Yes, you're welcome. Yolanda says, thank you for this timely message. The truth. Amen. Mm-hmm. You know what? And so here's Yolanda. This is, she says, that's good. She goes, asking the Lord, am I blocking the blessing? Mm-hmm. So we block the blessing when we insist on becoming well, when, when we insist on having our way and not surrendering our life to Christ, when we insist on, well, you know what, this is what I want, this is what's good, this is what everybody's saying, this is what everybody's having, I see it, I want it, huh? the greed, 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 pride, 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 self, 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 selfish ambition. Um, how about, Lord, you're so good and you've given me everything in the life of Christ Jesus. Are you kidding? I have everything I need for life and godliness. I have everything I need. So daily... We pick up a cross daily. 
we we lay our lives down daily we say lord you're more than enough for me i am going to live submitted to christ i'm choosing to live submitted to christ it's my desire it's my will it's my pleasure to live submitted to christ and as i do this i'm blessed beyond measure Because God is a blesser. He really is a blesser. That's his desire. Connie says, you love me so much, you correct my every step. Yeah, he corrects our steps. If you're a parent and you have children and you see your children veering off into a difficult, dangerous, you know, destructive path, do you not speak up? Do you not say something? Do you not love your children? Do you not say, oh, that's not good. You don't want to listen to that kind of music because what you listen to is going to get into your spirit. Do you not mention anything? Do you not try to instill wisdom and truth by speaking up? Do you not use God's word to redirect? That's what God does with us. All of a sudden you get this scripture comes to your mind all of a sudden you hear or you hear somebody say something a scripture and it just like resonates on the inside of you God's speaking to you God is molding you the smiting of the Lord perfects us he uses his word to redirect us don't resist it don't be like oh I don't want to, you know I want to hear this person's prophecy over here because this person prop person's prophecy over here said that you know all, you know, all my, all the promises, everything I've been praying for is coming in, 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 in this month. So I want to hear that person's prophecy. I don't want to hear this nudging that I'm feeling that the Lord is saying, the kindness of the Lord leads to repentance. And you're going, wait, what, what am I supposed to repent of? Well, that can't be God because I'm, I, you know, I'm living right. Well, maybe you're living self-righteous and you're unaware. Maybe there's not, maybe you haven't allowed God's um, his his hand upon your life to really minister to your heart. Amen. So living in a way of being introspective and and letting God mold you is critical. Not running, not thinking that we serve a God that is so harsh and cruel because we don't. We serve a faithful, loving God. He is powerful. He is faithful. He is kind. He's the kindness of the Lord leads to repentance. He is so good. He is Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. He already took upon himself the smiting of God. Isaiah 53 and verse 4. He already put it. He took that upon himself. It is not the will of God. To destroy you it is not what he does it is the will of the devil it is the will of the devil to destroy you and it is also consequences of poor choices but it is not the will of god just because the name one of the names of god is jehovah maca the lord our smiter and then you hear the word smite and you oh no I don't want to hear that word. I don't want to even be involved in that study. I don't want to, you know, or you get the other idea. Yeah, that's right. God's going to, you know, he's going to put the hammer down. It's like, 
both views are wrong because you've missed the kindness of the Lord, because you've missed the motive of God, because you have missed who he is, where he's trying to bring you, and how he brings you there. Amen? So he is, he is altogether lovely. He is an amazing God. He is so good. But he wants our hearts to be molded. So will you let the molding of the Lord come forth? Will you lay down your life for Jesus? Will you say, I surrender to you 100%? Will you allow, will you allow him to just perfect you? Let it go. Let what go? All of it. What's everything? Everything. Trust God with your marriage. Trust God with your children. Trust God with your, your health, with your own life. Trust God. You must trust God that he truly is good and that he wants to bring forth his goodness into your life. Trust God. Trust him. Know his character. Yes, sometimes we misunderstand his character. Somebody put on the chat bar. Sometimes we misunderstand. That's exactly right. It's a misunderstanding of his character. God is good. He's faithful. He's loving. Yes, he's just. Somebody tells you he's not just. They don't know the God of the Bible. But that doesn't mean that he's a taskmaster. That doesn't mean that he is trying to crush you because he is not. Sometimes people misunderstand the character of God. He molds us. You know, he is the potter and we are the clay and he molds us. Don't you want to be molded by God? You don't want to mold yourself. Don't you want to be molded by God? Don't you want God to mold you into such a beautiful masterpiece? Because he already has the design. He says that he, you are made in his image and in his likeness. So there's already, the blueprints are already laid out. How many of you read blueprints? Either you do read blueprints or you know how, you, you know, you, or you've, you've, you know, You've seen somebody else read blueprints. Maybe it was a crazy mess to you, but you, you've seen it and you, you know. There's already a plan in place before the building stands, right? Before you see the building, there's already a detailed plan in place for your life. And the way that we allow God to, to, to build up, to erect, you know, this building our lives is when we allow that blueprint that has already been fashioned and formed when he knew you before you were even in your mother's womb and he fashioned and formed you called you by name he knows every hair on your head he knows everything about you he knows your yesterdays and he knows your tomorrows he knows what you're going to say even before you say it there's a blueprint that God has for your life. That blueprint is something he wants to mold you into and shape you into. So we live surrendered so that we allow God to move and we don't like Saul before he became Paul. So we don't like Saul kick 
against the goats. Amen. Just rest in his love. Amen. Yes, because he is our blueprint. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, I lift up these that are online today, and I thank you for each and every one of them. I thank you, Lord, for the growth. I thank you, Lord God, that, Lord, they're, they're living according to your word, and your word grows us. Your word, your word heals us because you took our punishment upon yourself. You took the pain, the disease, the sickness. Jesus, you took it so that we would go free. So I thank you, Father, for your incredible plan for our lives. The Lord, our smiter, the one who smites us, your smiting is to mold, to shape, and to perfect. Not to serve, not to, not to uh, punish, not to crush. That's the devil's agenda. We will not misunderstand the nature and the character of our Lord because we know the whole counsel of God, not just a portion of it. So, Father, I bless them today. I thank you, Lord God, that they're walking in their high calling because they're choosing every day to give you glory and honor. And I thank you, Lord God, that our children and children's children will also be a benefactor in our walk. They're seeing, and they too will reap, the blessings of obedience just as they would have just as they would reap the consequences of disobedience but we choose obedience we choose to obey you we choose to walk surrendered we choose to walk with our whole hearts committed to you no matter what so our our children our grandchildren will also reap the beautiful benefits of a life laid down for our King, King Jesus. Amen? Amen. I pray, Karen, for your mom, for healing, your dad as well, Cynthia, for your grandson, flu like symptoms to be healed, Teresa, for your mom. We rebuke that cancer. We command that cancer to be under our feet right now in the name of Jesus. Pneumonia has to go. We rebuke it now in the name of Jesus. We say sickness has to go in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. It does not come from you. Jesus, you already bore and took upon yourself sickness disease. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. All of our children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be their peace. Marie Wright, praying for your health, your eyes, and your son's employment. Father, I thank you, Lord God. Yes, for health for all of you. But I thank you, Lord God, eyes specifically. Eyes shall see clarity in sight and in vision. Father God, no limitations. Father, we remove any and all assignments. We command cataracts to go, weakness in eyes to go, um, diseases and infections in the eyes to go in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, those who need a job, find a job because Lord, you, you lead and guide us. You lead and guide us. So I thank you for leading and guiding to a wonderful, beautiful, perfect 
job that is the job of God's choosing. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who are the Lord who, who heals us. He heals the sick. Amen. And Maureen, I see your your question here on Instagram. She says, Apostle, can you do a teaching on marriage when one partner is not really interested in knowing God but is saved? Um, you know, but I will definitely pray about that. That is um, certainly needed. Um, right now we're in our series, um, but possibly when we're done. But I will be praying about it, yeah. So it's definitely a need uh, out there. You know, when you've got people that are saved, you know, well, you're saved and you're you're married to someone who is not interested in knowing God, but they're saved. So you're like unequally yoked, even though you're both considered saved. So, yeah. Amen. But I can tell you right now, I can tell you right now, just been in that, you know, unless there's like violence, abuse and all that, which is a whole nother story. Um, your walk, well, first of all, God is your judge as he is his, and you're going to and need to choose, if you haven't already, to really walk in accordance to the word of God with the right heart, right attitude, surrender to God, knowing that actually the Lord is your husband, the Lord, your maker, he is your husband. And so what you say, how you respond, what you do in a relationship that is not equally yoked in Christ, will also, you will give an account to the Lord for. So if you respond in a loving, kind way, if you have the right heart and the right attitude, um, God sees that. He rewards in due time. Now, with that said, this is a, this is a topic that has many different avenues and ways we can go. Um, with that said, you know, if you're being asked to do or say something that is not biblical, that is contrary to the will of God, you do not submit to a demon. You do not submit to stupidity. You do not allow someone's, I don't care what they call themselves, Christian or not, you do not allow foolishness, disobedience to the Lord to lead you. I don't care who that individual is because you are accounted to God. You're accountable to God. So, but with the right heart and the right attitude, that's what God's looking at for you. The right heart, right attitude. He is looking. How will you respond? How will you react? What will you do? God will heal. He heals marriages all the time. You may need to get counseling and this and that, but you know, pastoral help, but God will heal. But there needs to be some things that are laid out and understood Pray for your spouse, as I'm sure you do. Pray for the eyes of his understanding to be enlightened. Pray that he would get on fire for Jesus. You know, pray for a godly mentor that would mentor him. Pray for godly leadership to surround him, to speak into his life. And you yourself affirm him. Ask the Lord what the, the affirmations should be. You look at him in the eyes, and even though he may be acting like the world, you start to speak, I know who you are. And you start speaking the truth into his spirit. 
look at him right in the eyes and you tell him, you are a man of God. You have been called with a purpose, a godly purpose, a significant purpose. And I know that as you choose Christ, you are going to rise into that role and you're going to do what God has called you to do. And you will not fall short for God has given you a heart of compassion. And you start speaking, you're affirming his spirit. Trust me, he will start to rise up, rise up, rise up. And you'll realize that it's going to take more than just that, but you need to keep doing that. So in other words, you don't succumb. You don't succumb. You don't lower your standards and submit to a demon. In other words, you don't do something that's ungodly just because your spouse told you to do it, right? Because you need to obey God first and foremost, but you have to watch your attitude, your heart's your attitude. But, all, but, but you also have so much power in this marriage to speak life. Speak live and then pray. Pray for godly mentors. Pray for hearts to turn. Anyway, just in a nutshell, because, you know, I just wanted to at least at least tell you that much because um, we were online right now and you asked for it. So I, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, that's what I gave you. All right, I need to go. It is 740. It's late. Um, God bless you all. And I will see you, well, tomorrow if you guys are able to come to the House of Glory. Otherwise, um, you can always watch live. I know that you can watch live and that's always really great. You know, for many of you, you tell me that you guys experience the power of God right where you're at. So it's just wonderful to hear that. I know God is present with us all the time. But anyway, I love you. Have a great weekend and I will see you. Um, I'll see you next, next week on Monday. God bless. Bye-bye.